if Anthony yeah. could tell us anything today, it would be make the most of this day. Love your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, your family, your church family. Spend time with them. You're never going to regret investing in relationships. Hi there. Welcome back to the Christian Leader Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Franklin, and this is a show where we help you learn and master the skills you need to grow your leadership effectiveness and enjoyment. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to get notified as soon as I post a new session so you don't miss a single episode. And before we get started, I do want to mention the Christian Leader Blueprint. It's a solid model for leadership development to help you and your team establish a better rhythm of life to see yourself more clearly, to leverage your strengths, and to build more productive relationships. And I have that in two formats now. I have a free short guide that you can find on ryanfranklin.org. And I have a brand new book, The Christian Leader Blueprint. You can find that on Amazon or wherever you buy books. And I'll put a, put a link in the show notes for you. One thing I do want to mention and I'm really excited about this. Just a few weeks ago, I launched my brand new Christian Leader Community Coaching Program. And anyone who joins in the month of October will receive the, the founding member member badge. And in an effort to sort of reward my existing audience, you, I'm, I'm offering to you for a short time, a lifetime 40% discount until October 31st or the first 50 members that join, whichever comes first. And so I encourage you, head on over to ryanfranklin.org. There's a detailed web page on everything that the community offers, along with links to join. And I would absolutely love for you to check it out. And while you're there, you can pick up the Christian Leader Blueprint short guide for free. And I've got some other free things there as well that you may be interested in. And so without any further delay, let's get to our session. I'm so excited today to have on the podcast a close friend of mine, Michael Enzi. This is the second time that he's been on the show this year, and he's actually the only repeat guest so far, so he's a pretty special guy. Let me give you a brief introduction to Michael. He's the senior pastor of Christian Life Center in Heath, Ohio, where he has served for over five years now. He is also the chairman of the board for Urshan College and Urshan Graduate School of Theology and the secretary for the UPCI Office of Education and Endorsement. And there's probably more things there that I'm, that I'm missing. But prior to his pastorate, he served for 15 years in organizational leadership, eight of those years as, the youth ministries exec, as a youth ministries executive for UPCI, including the national youth president, president for four years. He has a bachelor's degree in theology from Texas Bible College and a master's degree in theology from UGST. And most importantly, he is the husband of a tremendous wife, Rebecca, and the father of Lincoln, Grant, and Avery. And so, Michael, welcome to the Christian Leader Made Simple podcast. Thank you so much, Ryan. It is truly an honor to be back on the podcast with you. It was a high honor to be with you the first time and really special to be back on the show 
I absolutely love what you're doing in the leadership space. Certainly the book that you launched this year, Community Coaching, incredible resources. So thank you for all that you're doing. And I appreciate your friendship and just the opportunity to be on with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for those kind words. So we're here today to talk a very talk about a very specific subject. It's a new book called uh, Coffee with Anthony, Life Lessons with Anthony Trimble. And this book uh, is written about a pretty special guy. I did not know him personally, but but a pretty special guy to you and many, many others, Anthony Trimble. So can you kind of kick us off by telling us about him and the road that he walked and how you decided to write and compile other writers' writings uh, of this book to, to form this book? Absolutely. It's a privilege to be able to talk about this book. We're very excited to have this resource now available, written somewhat in the context of a biography, but something that I believe is very applicable to uh, anybody who just wants to be better and do better when it comes to life and family and ministry. I got to know Anthony really when he was a teenager. Uh, his father and family were traveling, ministering at youth events. I was involved in organizational leadership, youth ministry. And so as his father was ministering, Anthony was a teenager and was partnering with his father in ministry. And you could just tell from a very early age that he was a very special guy. That the hand of God was upon him, that he had a certain focus and uh, a certain commitment, even as a teenager, that was rare. And so over the years, our lives continued to intersect. And when we moved to St. Louis in December of 2009, and he, that's where he lived, his father pastors a church, Restoration Church, St. Charles, Missouri. Then. Anthony really was very intentional to reach out to me and to create opportunities for us to get together. And so we became friends. And as time went on, then he got into organizational youth ministry and it created more opportunities for us to work together. And then along the way, his story really changed as a young father with three children, married to Lysandra. And um, right about the age of 30, he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And it started him down a path. Uh, that that you know seemed to change his his life story in so many ways, but as, it was during that season that we really saw the very best of Anthony. He didn't blame life for God or circumstances. He really narrowed his focus even more, and uh, he would he would battle cancer for almost six years before passing away two years ago. Wow! And in those last six years of his life. It was really incredible to watch him stay focused on mission and relational investment and continue to make a difference in the world, literally through the testimony of his life. Mm -hmm. And it was such an inspirational thing to behold. And so through the course of our relationship before his diagnosis and, and even after, we would we would get together for coffee and we would just meet and we would talk. And that increased even more with the diagnosis and every chance that we had, we would get together and we just had a special connection. I was older than him, uh, maybe eight or nine years older than him. So was just ahead of him in life in many ways, but we had this special bond and friendship 
and uh, it created a lot of opportunities for us to to really develop that relationship. And about a year before he passed away, he he told me, "I'm going to write a book titled Coffee with Michael." And he said it's based on this concept of the book Tuesdays with Maury, which is a story about a student who reconnected with a professor who was diagnosed with a terminal illness in the last year of his life. They started meeting weekly on Tuesdays. And uh, he shares in the book that was the, the greatest classroom and, and greatest uh, interaction that he had with his professor and learned so much in those sessions. And so Anthony said, I want to write a book to express appreciation to the friends, the family, the people that have been here for me during the sickness. And so it was probably a year before he passed that he shares that with me. Well, time goes on. And I was with Anthony about a week before he passed. And we're having a very, very serious, intense conversation. He knows that the end is imminent. And in the context of that conversation, yeah. he starts to apologize to me and tell me, I'm so sorry, Michael, I never got around to writing the book. And so mm-hmm. I said, Anthony, that's, wow. that's okay. And really in an attempt to console him, I said, Anthony, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to call it coffee with Anthony. And it's going to be about the difference that you've made in my life and others. And I really, in that moment, I said it, I don't think I really thought it through. I just expressed it to him. I ended up sharing that whole conversation at Anthony's memorial service. And so I said it publicly and I I felt like it was important that I share that. But having said it publicly, I knew this is something I have to do. I'm going to be held accountable to this a story that I've shared in those last days of, of Anthony's life. And so it became something very personal and important to me. And I invited additional family members and friends to join with me. So there's 10 different chapters uh, that are written by, by different individuals, different perspectives. And as the subtitle you've already mentioned declares life lessons from Anthony Trimble. And so each chapter focuses on, uh, these different life principles that we can apply that we all mm-hmm. uh, discovered from Anthony's life. And so uh, really not only is Anthony's life, the inspiration for the content of the book, he is literally the inspiration for the book. He's the one who first mentioned it. And I'm going to go ahead and play spoiler just a little bit, because as we were completing the manuscript, really it was done. Uh, Lissandra, Anthony's wife emailed me and she said, I found something that I think you're going to want. And it may be something that could be used in the book. And she emails me this document. Anthony had started writing the book. And so we took what Anthony wrote and that became the introduction for this book. So my introduction that I had written became the preface and Anthony wrote his own introduction to this book. And it really provides a powerful context for all of those life lessons that you didn't read about from the perspective of others. Yeah. Isn't that special? That's a, that's a tremendous thing. And, uh, just for all transparency, I have bought the book, but I have not read the book. It just came out. We're recording this the the day after it came out. So I, I have bought it on Kindle and I'm looking forward to unpacking it, unpacking it and reading it. Um, so, just in our conversations, you have told me just how much he built and nurtured relationships, how intentional 
that he was about building and nurturing relationships. And I would assume that that's why there's 10 people that can write a whole chapter, uh, probably much more than that, but can write a chapter and put it in a book form like this. So can you share maybe, you know, some specific examples of how he was such an intentional person in building and nurturing relationships? Absolutely. I'll give you the layout of the book because I feel like it helps to explain the the context and the focus, what we were trying to communicate with this book, which number one, the title itself, Coffee with Anthony, absolutely speaks of relationships, having coffee with people. It's something that we do culturally. We get together, we meet, we have coffee. Uh, we, we see this in every community throughout North America, around the world, people interacting over coffee. And it, it speaks of investment and connection and community. And so in the book, there's three parts. Vision and values is number one. Then relational investment is part two. And then kingdom impact is part three. And so vision and values is all about who Anthony was. And so it talks about priority, purpose, purity, and progress. And the life lessons that he taught us, the value of a well-defined life, the value of personal investment, the value of a pure heart, the value of optimal behavior. So it kind of talks about who he was, what his focus was, how intentional he was in, in life. Part two is relational investment. He taught us how to value people, how to focus on others, and how to mentor a friend. So those are life lessons, love, listen, and lead. And then part three, kingdom impact, is about him as a wordsmith, a worshiper, and a world changer. And the lessons that he taught us about the power of the pen, the power of worship, and the power of music. And so uh, through each of these different parts of the book, you you see this intentional investment that Anthony made in all of these different relationships. His siblings each wrote a chapter. So his brother, Ryan, his sister, Stephanie, and it was really special for them to be part of this project because that's a perspective that none of the rest of us had. And so they're writing from almost a this sibling yeah. yet friend perspective. It's really powerful. And then the other individuals that were involved uh, some uh, were a little bit older than him, some a little bit younger, but you saw how he was able to connect with different mm -hmm. generations. And uh, that I, I think that the most important key that, that came out of it for me and even reading those other chapters is how intentional he was. And there were so many individuals that maybe they thought that they were one of a really small select few that had that kind of relationship with Anthony where he's getting together and having coffee with him. I think just through this book, we realized there's at least 10 and there are probably dozens more that Anthony probably was connecting with, whether many, many more, whether he was uh, wanting to glean something for them from them or wanting to invest in them. Yeah. So from what I understand, Anthony is a pretty, was, was a pretty busy person with his professional life, with all of the things that he had, irons in the fire that he had. But he, he seemed to always prioritize those relationships with family and with friends over. He'd get significant stuff done, but he would prioritize those relationships. In your opinion, how did he, how did he ensure that the relationships were kept first and foremost and accomplish significant things in life? I think with Anthony, what's important to recognize is that his 
diagnosis and his sickness did not create this intentional focus in his life. It really revealed the character that was already there. And I think that's probably true for most people when they deal with any kind of trauma or they, they experience significant what, what could be perceived as negative circumstances in their life that most often it's not really producing something in them, but it's revealing what is already there. And I think that was the case with Anthony, that he was an incredible guy before the diagnosis. He was so genuine. He was a high character, high capacity individual. And in the diagnosis that he received only magnified what was already there. And I think a lot of us begin to take a closer look because of what he was going through and then to see how he handled it and, and also how Lysandra handled it, standing by her man uh, was so inspirational and encouraging. And I think the way that Anthony mastered that ability of being very productive in ministry and in life and in a professional sense, while also balancing family, balancing those important relationships, is that his entire life focus and purpose revolved around people. His vision was not to produce a product, to preach a message, to sing a song. His vision was to minister to people, yeah. to impact people, to invest in people. And so no matter what he was doing, he never got lost in the project or lost in the minutia of organizational work because people were always his focus. It was always his end goal. And so he was able to stay very connected to his family and uh, the Trimble family. They're just an amazing family and uh, just very talented, anointed, powerful, incredible people. And he stayed very, very grounded with them and his church family at Restoration Church and his, his very closest friends. And so I think him keeping people as his purpose and his vision always being mm -hmm impacting a life that that enabled him to balance all of the other things that he was involved in. And that we, we haven't really mentioned, yeah. I guess that part of it, but he was on a pastoral team and he was in organizational leadership, youth ministry in Missouri. He was a songwriter, singer, uh, an incredible worship leader. And mm -hmm. so he was, he was involved in all of those things and recording music. In fact, some of his greatest songs were recorded in the last few years of his life. Uh, some powerful projects. Yeah. And so again, just, I believe that diagnosis and the, the challenges he faced revealed the character, the intentional focus that he had. And so I'm also hearing from you, you started off by saying that he's a really high capacity person. And I think what I'm hearing from you is that the relationship part of you know, prioritizing the relationships actually is, is what allowed him to be a high capacity leader or a high capacity person in general, whether it was leading or, or music or, or any, anything else in his life. That was the thing yeah. that sort of fueled him. It was, um, sort of what Dr. John Townsend says, people feel it fueled him to yeah. be, to be able to be a, to, a heavy, a high impactor, of people and, and, you know, uh, and produce some significant things in life. Absolutely. 
Yeah, he was very, very so, intentional. Those those relationships, I believe, were were everything to him. Yeah, absolutely. So you were um, a mentor to Anthony in some ways. You were kind of a, a few years ahead of him in life and and in a different stage of life. And so he looked to you as a mentor. Can you elaborate on how Anthony allowed his his mentors, and I'm sure he had several, but to to influence his personal and professional development? Absolutely. I think Anthony had a tremendous sense of self-awareness that is probably rare, that he, mm-hmm. he knew he needed others. He knew areas in his life where he wanted to improve. He, uh, he recognized the value of those that were around him that he could glean from and mentors in his life. And so I, I think that self-awareness was a powerful thing that he could have that and not be, be threatened by that area of need in his life, not allow insecurities to keep him from expressing uh, a need. He asked incredible questions. He had this ability to, it just seems like to ask the right question to get the right information. And I, I think sometimes we applaud people who have the right answers, but I think part of Anthony's genius was in his ability to ask the right questions. There was something about him that he could draw out of people things that that yeah. he needed that would help him, that would benefit him. And he had a certain analytical mind in that sense. And so uh, I, I think that's a, a, a key to why those relationships were so effective in his life because we can all be around great people but not necessarily draw out of those people things that we needed and yet i think he did it in a way that i as you know and perhaps being a mentor in his life and i think he probably would have said that and yet i felt like i was getting just as much if not more benefit out of the relationship and so I never felt like it was draining to me. I felt like it was so mutually beneficial. And I think Anthony had a way yeah. about him that whether he was mentoring someone or he was being mentored by someone, that it never felt like it was a drain. You know, I, I would never leave mm-hmm. having coffee with Anthony feeling drained or uh, like, you know, he's, he's pulled something out of me and now I, I need to go be recharged. No, it, it was always encouraging and inspiring and certainly through those last couple of years with his his diagnosis and days when he wasn't doing well, I know there were times that he felt terrible and yet he had put a suit on because he knew I was going to be in a suit. And later he would tell me that was the only reason he put a suit on that day. He'd go home and take the suit off. He didn't need the suit on, but he, he knew I'd be dressed up going to the office, we'd grab coffee, and I always left more encouraged and inspired and challenged. And, and he's thanking me for the time for investing when I felt like I was the one that was really receiving the, the yeah. greatest benefit. I just want to pull out something right there. Um, he, he, and you, you were saying it in a, in a very polite way, but he was being needy and, uh, in yeah. a good way. And I just want to, I want to make the point of it's okay to be needy. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to need help from people um, and, and I think it's, it's important that it's the key, pe- the, the right people, safe people in your life.
but it's okay to um, seek things, even advice or relational nutrients of, of some sort from other individuals. And I want to point out that you as um, I, I would I would consider maybe the mentor in that in that relationship. Uh, he would definitely consider that that you were the mentor in that relationship, but you were receiving just as much from that. Um, and and I think we underestimate the power of being needy sometimes because we don't yeah. want to be labeled as needy. Yet is it's an important aspect of of life. Absolutely. So, in in what ways did uh, Anthony mentor others? Because I know there was people that he invested in significantly. So in what ways did he mentor others, and and how did this impact their growth, their success from from your research and your talk with him and with others since since his passing? And there's a great great chapter in the book, and it's in that relational investment part number two, uh, where. Uh, a friend of his would write this chapter, how to mentor a friend. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it's really powerful because Anthony had that ability, even in peer relationships. And I think that can get a little tricky at times where maybe it's a peer to peer situation or somebody just a little younger than you. He had this ability to mentor them without it feeling like he was mentoring them it just felt like it was a good relationship, a good friendship. And I think some of them looking back on it later realized he was mentoring me and I didn't realize it at the time because it, it didn't feel like he was lecturing me. It just felt like he was yeah. investing in me and in our relationship. Hmm. And so I, I think that's a powerful lesson for all of us in our demeanor, I it think, is. and how we come across that. I, I don't want you know those around me to feel like I'm, I'm lecturing them in some kind of mentorship type relationship, but can we add relational value in, in this friendship, especially mm -hmm. when it's a peer to peer relationship or maybe somebody just a little younger. And it was never a competition thing with those that, that were around him. And, and I think that just, again, it speaks to a certain uh, security that he had in who he was in self-awareness that he, he knew, he didn't have it all together. He didn't have all the answers and that he could learn something from somebody else. And if he could help somebody, he was going to be more than willing and ready to do that. Yeah. It wasn't like a one up, one down type of relationship. It's just getting coffee with Anthony relationship building. And, and through that, he would, he would, uh, invest in their lives just as even though you may have been a, a mentor, you may have been a few years ahead of him in, in his life, he still invested in you in some ways, even, you know, as, as you interacted with him. So yeah. you don't, you, you don't invest, uh, or you don't seek out mentor relationships or seek out to mentor people without really having a, you don't do that without having a strong commitment to personal growth and, uh, the desire to want to grow and develop yourself in daily life and decision-making. And I, and I would imagine that that was probably a high driver for him having these conversations with people that maybe were mentoring him or vice versa. So why, why do you feel like that this was important and how did Anthony maintain his commitment to that? Absolutely. He was very committed to personal growth, to 
improving himself. He was always asking, what books are you reading? What's your favorite book this year? And he would get book recommendations from me and I'm sure many other friends and mentors and others that he would talk to because he was always buying books for his team, whether it's his local church ministry leadership team or the district organizational youth ministry team. He was always buying books for people and just trying to, to find out, you know, what what is the latest, greatest leadership principle that I need to add to my life, to my arsenal and that my team needs to employ. And so we, we talked tons of leadership and he loved doing that. Uh, he, he would bring me in several times that I spoke to his team and, and he would uh, always have someone investing in his team in, in local youth ministry, local church, the district. And so uh, mm-hmm. those were things that, that absolutely drove him to better himself, but also to better those that are around him at, at the different stages of his life. And he would absolutely have loved what you're doing, Ryan. I, I think the Christian leader blueprint, mm-hmm. the community coaching, all those things that you're doing, Anthony absolutely would have eaten it up. He, he just, it, it's the kind of stuff that really inspired and drove him. It, there was a way that he could make himself better and that he could better those around him. And it would, it just seemed to be a, a constant focus in his life, that desire for growth. Yeah, that's so good. And, and it's not a given for people. Not everybody has yeah. that, that passion for growth. In fact, it's, I'm finding more and more that it's, it's sort of a, a rare trait that people would have a passion for growth. And I, I'm on a mission to help people increase that within themselves because we, we yeah. need to grow. We need to continue throughout life, growing and developing ourselves, developing our character, developing our abilities. And I, and I think that that brings us to, uh, the next question that I want to ask you about, and that's excellence. You know, Anthony really had a, had a passion for excellence. That's very evident. So what, what practical steps, um, I guess, how did he impact excellence first of all in the, in the environments that he was in? And then what practical steps can leaders that may be listening to this take to, to sort of cultivate a similar passion for excellence in their own lives and work? Well, he certainly had an eye for excellence and this certain sense. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that can be developed. I think he certainly had some innate abilities that were just there, something that made him very special. And so he had this sense for doing things with excellence. And I think probably the greatest key, he was such a team builder and he always elevated the the outcomes of those that were around him, the team that he was part of. They, they were always better because yeah. of his involvement. And if it was recording a song, it was the the singers and songwriters and musicians uh, that were with him. If it was on a youth ministry team, those that were serving in various capacities at an event or in the local church, a worship service or organizational leadership, he just elevated the the effort and the impact yeah. of those around him, which has exponential uh, power and potential when you're talking about doing things with excellence, because none none of us by ourselves yeah. can really do anything with excellence. It's going to take a team. 
And so he saw that, he recognized Correct. that, and he just made made everybody else around him better. And uh, it, it seemed to be a constant focus for him again, along with personal growth, was this passion for excellence and asking the right questions and how can we do do this better and not being stuck in a rut of this is the mm-hmm. way we've always done it. But if we can do it in a different way and the outcome is better, then let's let's do that. Let's go for it. And uh, it, it was such a focus. This this is a story that I shared in his memorial service. And it was just amazing to me. It drove home the point so powerfully. Once again, I preached there at Restoration Church in St. Charles about two weeks before Anthony passed. And I'd come in to spend a few days with him. Yeah. And he had been wanting me to come and to preach. And uh, he wanted to, to be there that day. He ended up not being able to make it in person because he just wasn't feeling well enough to be there. And so he, him and Lysandra watched the service online. And then later that day, I was spending some time with him. Um, he had gotten a room at the same hotel where I was staying there just so we'd be able to spend a little bit more time together. It'd be easier on him. He wouldn't have to travel, go back and forth. And so we're sitting in his hotel room and we're talking and here we are. I mean, we are literally in the last days of his life. And he starts to ask me about the church service that day. What did you think about the platform setup? What, what did you think about the worship service flow? What, what, what did you think about, uh, you know, our guest relations? He's asking me all these questions. How can we do things better? What, you know, I want you to watch the live stream with me. What can we do to make this more effective? It was something that that was simply was a disconsuming passion than anything he was part of. He wanted to make it better. And, and he's asking me all of these questions. He wanted my input, my, my feedback. And in the course of that, he, he asked, he's like, Hey, do you think you could tell my dad and ask him if he could shorten the preliminaries just a little bit? Just uh, he, he gets a little too long winded in, in, in between worship <laughs> songs. And so it just, it was amazing. I, I'm just sitting there blown away that, Anthony, you're, you're focused on all these things. I I just want to sit here and talk to you and talk about you. And he's, he's worried about their worship service being as effective as it can be. That was his passion for excellence. Yeah, that was his passion. And tying that into relationships and growth, um, you know, he, he understood that it took a team to, make things excellent. He also understood that there was growth that needed to happen within a person's life and within a team to create excellence. And sometimes those things don't really go together. Sometimes people can be so focused on growth that they, you know, deny relationships or even so focused on excellence that they, excellence that they deny relationships and, and then vice versa. They can be so focused on people that they don't, they're not so concerned about personal growth and excellence. How, how did Anthony, he seemed to be a master at balancing those two priorities. In your opinion, how did he do that? Absolutely. I, I feel like I keep using several different terms to describe him, but I just think it, it's so uh, just relevant and accurate that he was so intentional. And, and I think that's a key yeah. element here when it comes to, just any level of success in life and family and ministry, uh, just a certain intentionality, doing something. And it may be a little bit different for everybody. There's a lot of different options out there when it comes to personal growth, balancing relationships. 
but just being intentional about it and in and, and doing something uh, when, when it comes to uh, just a daily practical application of these kinds of principles. And uh, for, for Anthony, he was intentional. I think there was a certain sense of humility and humility is really, really tough for most of us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a challenging yeah. thing, especially the biblical concept of humility. But I, I think that came through with, with Anthony for somebody who was so talented uh, for somebody who had so many abilities to preach and sing and play instruments and lead organizations and all these things, but incredible humility. There was never any arrogance, never any look at me. And so I think that was the the foundation for his life. And then you start yeah. to add onto that a clear understanding of purpose. And when, when it comes to priorities and values and how we manage these things. In fact, there, there's the opening uh, section of the book is vision and values. And he had a very clear vision for his life and an understanding of his values that enabled him to prioritize the right things at the right time. And, and that's the, the first two chapters yeah. in this book are priorities and purpose. And so he knew his purpose, which enabled him to then live it out. And, and I go back to something I said earlier yeah that people were always the vision. People were always the focus of his intentionality and all of his values revolved around relationships and outcomes that would impact people. And so I I think that's, that's That's how he struck that balance is that he, he realized that my personal growth is only valuable if it helps somebody else if it impacts somebody else, if it helps me achieve my vision to make an eternal impact in another life. And so it kept him from getting self-consumed, which I think uh, can, can be a real problem for a leader. Self-awareness is powerful. Being self-consumed is so destructive. And so the balance between the two is, is being able to be self-aware without being self-consumed. And that happens when we know our purpose and when people are our, our vision. And we, we recognize that any personal growth that I have, it's, it's got to connect me to greater impact in the life of somebody else. And, and I think if we can achieve that, then we can strike that, that balance between personal investment because you, you have to be a little bit selfish if you're going to take time to you know, go back to school and get a master's degree. If you're going to spend time reading and bettering yourself, if you're going to spend time in uh, yeah. You know, leadership development and training and and all those things that that you have to give yourself to if you're going to be better and do better but it can't be about us it can't be self-focused it's got to be about others and that helps us not to get lost in that world of just okay i'm, I'm consumed about in- increasing my capacity but if that capacity is not connected to the outcome of ministering to people then we've lost our way That's so good. Uh, I love uh, the way you brought out that he had such a clear vision for life, and I can't wait to read that in the book um, because a lot of people struggle to develop that personal vision, and when they don't have that personal vision, all of the other things they do, is it's it's hard to connect that to something significant. You know, you, you can connect some things, but are is your life... Re- 
you know, holistically revolving around something significant around relationships and kingdom impact. When you have that clear vision, it, 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 uh, in fact, it's one of the, the main pillars or the main parts of, uh, establishing a better rhythm of life in the Christian leader blueprint. And, and I hear, uh, when I'm hearing you unpack his life here with us today, I'm hearing a lot of the components, uh, of the Christian leader bluprint. And it sounds like Anthony was, uh, he didn't need my book. He, he was writing, his, writing that book with his life for sure. Um, so I think you've kind of already went here, uh, but I just want to check in with you and see, um, is there any additional things that about Anthony's legacy that, you know, would represent, uh, you know, that, that would be significant for leaders and individuals that are striving for personal and professional development, you know, his legacy and, and the things that you took away from, from his life that, is there anything else that you'd like to add there? Absolutely. I, I think something that speaks to all of us is to spend our time, spend our lives investing in people and things that will outlive us. And I think that for me is this incredible testimony of Anthony's legacy is the impact that he is Mm. continuing to have. His family just recently released a song of Anthony and his father that they just recorded. Anthony's part was already recorded and his father, Tom Trimble, uh, just through the wonders of modern technology, they, they take that and they master this, this song and produce it and release it. And, uh, thank God for technology through video and audio, his, his preaching, his music, all those things that live on now in this book. So something we haven't touched on yet, but the, the ongoing legacy of, of Anthony is that he's got three boys, Kingston, Davis, and Graham, who are amazing young men. And I believe they're mm-hmm. going to do great things for God and they will be part of his legacy. And this book is dedicated to them. And there's things in this book that they're going to get to read, especially as they get older, that they'll understand more fully the impact that their father had. And I hope that they get to know their dad just a little bit better through this book. And 100% of the proceeds of this book are going to missions and ministry. And specifically, initially, the proceeds are going to go toward a scholarship fund for History Boys. And that's a very, very special part that's of this tremendous. project. And that's, I believe it's, that, it speaks anybody to listening that right legacy. now. Anybody listening right now should, should hear that and want to go buy the book, a couple of the books, give them to your friends, just, yeah. just for the fact that this, the proceeds are going to something significant that is going to help his Anthony's family. And, um, that's, that is just tremendous. So hats off to you for, for what you're doing there and, and helping and helping their boys, his, his boys, not only, uh, creating the book that gives something for them to reflect on in Anthony's life, but also to go towards a college fund. That's tremendous. Well, it was something that was very important to me and all the authors from the beginning. None of us are going to profit from this. This is, this is his story. It's his life. It's his legacy. And yeah. uh, everything that that would come in monetarily from this book is going to be invested in his family and in ongoing ministry uh, that will that will take place because of his life. And I, I think that is the challenge for all of us is to to do things that that will live on 
And whether it's writing a song or writing a book or just investing in a relationship, especially the generations coming on behind us, because that legacy then lives on and continues to impact so many others. For sure. For sure. Well, before we wrap up here, um, anything else you'd like to share? And I, and I, uh, in just a moment, I'd love for you to share where people can buy the book and some, any other details like that, that you would like to share. Well, just to kind of wrap up as far as Anthony's life, just the, I would say key principles for success that, that he lived out. He genuinely cared about people. It just came through in everything Mm -hmm. that he did. Um, that passion and focus for personal growth, striving for excellence, but never doing so at the expense of people. Uh, something yeah. that my wife has reminded me of at times. I can get a little focused on the details and the minutia and the organizational structure and all those things, but people are always more important than things. And I think that's a principle that, mm-hmm. that Anthony lived out that everything he did was it's always in service of the vision to invest in others, to help uh, others. Howard Bayer, the, the author of the book, it's not about coffee. I think he was a Starbucks executive said, we're not in the coffee business serving people. We're in the people business serving coffee. And I think that's a, just a, a powerful statement that really applies in, in Anthony's life and, and who he was, that everything was always about people. So Yes, get coffee with Anthony. Life lessons from Anthony Trimble. It would be such a blessing uh, to his legacy for you to do that. But I know it's going to be a blessing to you. You're going to be so inspired and challenged by his life. Uh, Each chapter of the book has a section that concludes with practical application to live like Anthony. And so we, we tried to take these 10 life lessons and make them very uh, practical, tangible, something that's achievable for everybody. And so each of those chapters conclude with that practical application, live like Anthony. And the book is available on Amazon. You can get the ebook. Uh, It's also available in in paperback form. And then for those that want to buy in bulk, we've had several churches, thankfully, some that have bought 150, some that have bought a hundred that they want to give it to every man in their church. They want to sell it to their church. And so if you want to buy in bulk, I encourage you to go to michaelnz.com and there's a store there. And the reason that I say that is just because we get to keep a larger percentage of the proceeds. uh, If you buy directly through my website, as opposed to Amazon. And so uh, it is available through Amazon. If you're buying just a, a handful, then certainly that's a convenient route to go. But if you want to buy 10, 20, 50, 100 or more, then I encourage you to go to michaelnz.com, click on the store, and you can purchase the book there. Excellent. Well, I hope everyone that's listening right now will go out and, and support and buy a book and actually read it and learn the life lessons that Anthony uh, has given through his life. Tremendous things. Um. So uh, I'm going to throw this question at you. Uh, I did not prepare you for this, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. But I normally ask, I end every podcast with one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self. We did that with you back in, I think it was January or so. But what's one thing that you think that Anthony could tell 
would want to tell his younger self? You know, that's a powerful question. And I think something that has to be expressed from his life, knowing that, that he passed away at the age of 35 and three young Mm -hmm. kids, his wife, family, ministry, uh, what we might feel like and, and think, man, his life was cut short. And yet we, we trust God. We trust the providence of God. We trust the wisdom of God. But it also underscores for me the importance of making the most of every day. And I think if Anthony yeah. could tell us anything today, it would be make the most of this day. Love your spouse, your kids, your grandkids, your family, your church family. Spend time with them. You're never going to regret investing in relationships. You're never going to invest or you're never going to regret the time that you spend investing in those relationships and investing in eternal things. And I think that if Anthony could could speak to us today, that that's the powerful message that he would share with all of us is to live like there's no tomorrow and make the most of this day and the opportunities that we have to love each other, to invest in a relationship. If we need to forgive somebody, if we need to get over some hurt, if we need to let go of something from the past to, to do that today, because we're not promised tomorrow. And and I think that's a message that he would speak to us. And I imagine that he'd probably tell you to slow down and go have coffee with a friend, right? That's it. That's right. Call somebody, text somebody. So, tell them, hey, let's get together and have some coffee. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I'm going to put all of the links in the show notes. But can you tell me one? Tell a, the audience one more time what your website is, so they can go and make those purchases. Absolutely, they can certainly purchase from Amazon. You can just search. Coffee with Anthony or search the author, Michael Lindsay. And then my personal ministry website, which is a new ministry website I've just launched and uh, it'll be further developed, but it's a, it's a source for uh, just ministry resources that I'm, I'm starting to put together. And on that website, michaelenzi.com, you can go there and you can find the store where you can purchase uh, coffee with Anthony. Certainly, if you're you're going to be buying in bulk, I encourage you to go to that website to purchase the book. Well, Michael, this has been a tremendous conversation. Such a pleasure to have you on today. And this concludes our show. And if you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to audio podcasts or on YouTube. And also, it would just make my day if you would take a minute to rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. My name is Ryan Franklin. Thank you so much for joining us on the Christian Leader Made Simple podcast.